Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that currently exists. My name is Brad, a.k.a. Old Man Warren, and this show explores the idea that there are so many good games that we can be playing right now that it's hard to know what we should be playing, how we should be spending our hobby time and our hobby dollars. Uh, it has been said, mainly on the show, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance, and I guess one of the things that we're going to talk about are the games that my guests and I play, industry events, and just cool stuff that relates to tabletop gaming and nerddom. Now, it has been a while since we've talked Star Wars Legion, and uh, a good friend, in fact, the gent who I talked most of the Legion episodes uh, with, has been actually putting me to shame and has been getting out and playing lots of games. So I thought it was about that time, given how many releases there are uh, that have come out for Legion and the awesome stuff that's in the pipe, and given uh, his experiences recently uh, playing in the Australian scene, that it was absolutely time to welcome back the nicest guy in wargaming, hands down, old friend, beautiful, beautiful human being, an all-around ace dude, Marky Mark, welcome back to Cast Eyes. Thank you, Brad. I cannot keep affording those intros. <laughs> man, I, I, man I, I forgot to put in a just phenomenal hobbyist. I just, I love looking at your stuff. It's so good. Oh. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's I, uh, how people do that a, to me. And it's, 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 always like, a, it's always a work in progress, you know, I think, for everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, okay. You've been playing a lot of Legion. So mm. let's get, uh, let's get, uh, I, I want to get Star Wars. I got my Star Wars Stormtrooper t-shirt on. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been listening to the intro music. I'm all ready to go. But, but as much as I want to talk Legion, I want to take a quick sidestep because right before we went on, um, you've been talking about some of your plans for stuff you've been coming up. Now, we're going to talk about all the events that you've been to in a sec. But before we get lost in, you know, a galaxy far, far away, um, you were talking about making a return to another game system. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to give the old Bolt Action another run. I, I probably oh, yeah. played it quite oh, I, I did play it quite a lot with yourself and you know, you the old LRDG crew mm-hmm. quite a bit back in the day. So, I don't know. I've, I've got all my World War II models. I'm thinking of actually busting out a uh, an American army. Nice. Uh, for it, something a bit different. Mm-hmm. And uh, giving it a go. So, as we were talking about, I haven't played second edition yet, so I'll need to get some games in. But hmm Look, Maddie Reichardt, I'm going to go to the GT. That's the event um, that I'm going to make an attempt to go to. And, and mm-hmm. Maddie's a very, very close friend of mine. So mm-hmm. as much I want to do as much to support him in the store, but also just to um, to roll some dice and bolt action again. Definitely, man. And you, I mean, you're old school. I mean, for those who are not familiar and listen to the old LRDG apps, I mean, you came to Melbourne's very first bolt action event with your uh, gas mask sort of, uh, I don't want to say Conflict 47 style, but they were a little on the science fiction edge, but ultra cool German army whose pictures I used for um, event art for years. Um, You are that guy. Yeah, and look, now it's a perfect Conflict 47 army, which is something Literally. I wouldn't mind. I've got all the books for K47, but I haven't had rolled dice yet, so that is something I wouldn't mind to the future having a go at as well. Absolutely, man. we got to do it. we got to just sit yeah. down and play some games. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, so you're thinking about taking Americans. Um, do you... 
have they announced the player pack? Because I know in the last episode, um, or perhaps it was the episode before, we recorded two simultaneously. Um, we talked to the guys running the GT, including our good friend Matt Reichardt, and um, they hadn't quite decided on the point values and everything. Have they settled that down yet? Well, on the Hall of Heroes website, mm-hmm. uh, with with the link to it, it looks like it's a thousand points. Nice. One platoon. Uh, I think really that it's sort of that very uh, Pete West style mm-hmm. um, pack. You only get Tiger Fear on a Panther Four if it's veteran, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. So, um, but definitely looked like it was a thousand points. Hard cap of fifteen order dice mm-hmm. as well. So I think that was sort of. The, the list I'm playing around with will run about 13 dice for Americans. Mm-hmm. So, okay. what kind of things are you thinking? I know you haven't quite worked out all your plans yet, but um, do you have a vehicle or some squads or a combination of something in there? That's because I know you and I are very similar. We have like a, we like to play to a theme, or yeah. if you find something that really sort of gets your juices going, it might be a mechanic or a particular rule or set of fluff. Um, yes. Yes. So, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm, I spoke to spoke to you in particular about it many many years ago. I'm thinking of going with the Tunisia themed American list. Nice, yeah. So that earlier. Um, so yes, I'll probably take a lead. I know evil me. <laughs> no, not at all, man. That's awesome. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, probably uh, some infantry, uh, medium machine guns, sort of all just regular type stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, a lead more or less. So. Um, yeah, I am going to take something I've never never have taken in all the games of played a bolt action, which is an anti tank gun. Oh, nice! I'm going to take, the 50, I'm going to take a fifty-seven, the fifty-seven millimeter, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is what a medium AT gun. It is. So I've never taken it. I've taken howitzers in games before, but I've never taken uh, an AT gun. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm using black tree design miniatures. Nice. Yeah. yeah, they do yeah. have good Americans. I got to say, you know, a lot of people um, slag their stuff as hit or miss, but some of their ranges, man. My, I have a NKVD army that is sitting in the wings that is just, I mean, the models are gorgeous. They're amazing. And I know yeah. the, um, some of their American stuff is likewise sensational. Yeah, the, all the American stuff I've got was great. They're Russians. I have, I've got some of Black Tree Design Russians, and mm-hmm. they were quite good as well. They're scouts. So, yeah, look, I'm, uh, I'm actually going to use many, many years ago – um, our good friend Brian Cook from mm-hmm. WWPD did that free f- free French painting guide when he, he did, did the conversion and using the dip stuff. So I'm actually gonna, I've managed to save some, luckily, that uh, whole article. So that's sort of the uh, good. process yeah. I'm going to go through to paint them. Yeah, that was one thing I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I hope you've looked at that recently, or you've saved that recently, because um, I actually went to look up an old um, selector that I put on, you know, the old boltaction.net slash WWPD, and I realized that, oh, it's finally gone. Like, we knew it was gone. We knew it was going to disappear. Uh, and I'd saved just about everything I thought I wanted off it. And then, of course, it was like, oh, yeah, I should grab that other thing before it's gone. And then it was gone. Uh, and then I went to download some of the podcasts because like, oh, I should grab that before the podcasts go too. Oh, they're gone too. Oh, okay. Well, so it is uh, sort of sad to see that era go. Um, yeah, Cast Dice was never part of that pod tra- uh, you know, podcast tree. So um, yeah. part of that network, it's, a, it's its own thing. So Cast Dice didn't go anywhere and all the episodes are here. But uh, it is a little sad to see the show that started Cast Dice, the LRDG2, which is essentially the same show, except once a month, 
for two to three times longer um, to see it go. It's a little emotional. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, I was I, I was fortunate enough to be on one of the early LRDG. Yeah, podcasts. you were. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it's sad some of those early uh, salty, mm-hmm. funny, not safe for work probably podcasts yeah. um, have gone off into the ether. So mm-hmm. hopefully Narcolwood just sometime into the future finds it and finds out what the hell was this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look... Uh, the primary school teacher in me is kind of glad that those are gone. Um, <laughs> just saying, but, uh, yeah, you know, family show now it's all good. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, um, that was one of the things I wanted to mention at the end of this episode was, um, you know, the, the WWPD is dead. Long live WWPD. Um, yeah. it was a wonderful, uh, it was a wonderful moment in time, but that is, um, sadly gone. Uh, and there's just so many greats that contributed to the old boltaction.net back in the day. I mean, yeah, I mean, we had Seabacks on recently. Brian Cook was on the Warlord cast. Patch, I talked to Amph recently. Uh, I mean, you name it, man. It was a who's who. And that's not even getting into the LRDG crew um, and your sweet self. And, you know, just, yeah. Anyway, I could talk about wa- waffle about the old school all day long, especially now that it's gone. But um, I think while we're talking about uh, the past, uh, let's talk about a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Now, as a quick segue before we get into this, Mark and I did a series of episodes uh, for Cast Ice prior to Star Wars Legion coming out. And we were very excited about the game. And we talked about it even after it came out. And we were still excited about the game. But it took a while to dig our teeth in. Me in particular, I struggled with the the assembly of the. Pl- I really don't like the plastics. Um, they're really easy to assemble, but they're a bastard to clean, um, and it just put me off a lot. Plus, I really wanted more selection in the game. And if we go back to those early episodes, I think the thing I wish listed the most was generic commanders. I wanted some schmo to leave my army, and I wanted a bunch of grunts. I didn't want, you know, the heroes, the named heroes we all knew. I wanted something else. But now, now we've got that, which is awesome. So, Mark, you have also walked away from Legion and done a bunch of other things. But you're back, and you're back with a vengeance. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Because, I mean, you've been to a bunch of events. Let's let's start with CanCon. Because yeah. the road to CanCon for you, you know, you got some stuff done. I did. I, uh, I've got a Rebel Army painted. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have some long service leave leading up to where CanCon was. Nice. So uh, I painted a Rebel force. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was actually what drove me, um, if you indulge me for a moment, Brad. Please. Uh, uh, I got really inspired by a picture I found, and then I actually went to my mum and dad's place and found it, was an old Kenner toy of a rebel commando. Nice. And for some of those of people my age, almost turning 40, mm-hmm. it was the sort of army green fatigues with that beige helmet and, and webbing and details of that, and it really quite inspired me. And I looked at it and I saw it sort of was matching some colours, army painters, army green, in fact, which I had mm-hmm. in the spray can. And in the end, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to 
give it a go. And uh, the army that I paint, I'm pretty happy with, with its quality. And it was actually very similar to that method that we're talking about with Brian, that Brian did articles about, which mm-hmm. is base colours, highlights, and then using the army painter dip. Mm-hmm. Not dipping it though, but painting it on. Yeah. Um, and it came up, came up a treat. Really happy with it. Now, a lot of the times people say that the dip works really well with sort of brown or red based colors. Um, mm. Sort of cooler colors don't work as well. Um, th- things like greens or blues. Um, th- th- now, I know that you were going for more of an earthen commando look. Do you think, uh, or I guess, which quick shade did you use? And it sounds like you were really happy with it. Yes, I, yeah, I, I'm very happy with it. I used uh, soft tone. Nice. The soft tone ink. And I think it worked quite well with the greens. It, it made it very uh, more olive drabby mm-hmm. in the end uh, rather than a vibrant sort of green, just like the army green is. But I, uh, I painted some Wookiees and I did it the same sort of same mythology for all of them and it, and it worked across all the all the different troop types that I did, including ATRTs. I, you awesome. know, used greys and then used the, uh, the dip shade it and it came up yeah i was quite pleased with the whole thing nice oh that's cool to hear man uh it's always great when you find something that works and is um you know not the world's most painful pain scheme to get down on a model Um, No. now i'm gonna have to post a picture of that uh commando action figure that you're talking about because Mm. you sent me a picture of that and it was just like for me, it was like my G.I. Joe's. It was like I looked at that and it just, yeah. you know, sparked all the joy. And it was was a return of the Jedi um, battle for Endor commando. That figure was yeah. cool as hell, man. And it's awesome yeah. that you went back to your, you know, to your roots, hit the nostalgia factor up to 11 to uh, to get that puppy on the table. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's one of those things I was flicking through. And I, I, look, I must admit, I saw... On one of the Facebook groups, someone did something similar and did this story, and it made me go look for it. And I went, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's that's pretty baller, actually. I'm yeah. pretty happy with that. So, yeah, and then the army was done. So um, so what was in the army? Tell us what you took. Because um, <laughs> because a long time ago, we were like, well, I guess we'll take some Rebel Troopers, and um, I guess we'll take a Luke, and uh, I guess we'll take some ATRTs, and that'll be the army. Look, I'll be honest, my list-building foo was weak for that event. Okay. Um, but, uh, look, uh, in the end, it was uh, Han, Leia, Chewie. Oh, wow. Uh, you took, th- like, three big names. Oh, yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. Um, three units of troopers with Z6s. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also a unit of Wookiees. Mm-hmm. And an ATRT, so it was a small, compact force. Yeah. Um, and and look, the meta at CanCon, it didn't match up well against. Uh, oh there really? Was, uh, there was there was a lot more. There was a lot of Imperials, and mm-hmm. there was actually a number of ATSTs that uh, mm. follow. So I've been following the US and others about where the game and mm-hmm. sort of the stronger lists were being built and ATRTs and. T4, there was no T-47s, but AT, sorry, ATSTs yeah. really wasn't on the radar of a lot of the higher-end competitive lists that you're seeing at things mm-hmm. like Las Vegas Open and and uh, some of these, Nova Open, some of these events. So I was going for more to tackle a lot of infantry, mm-hmm. and I, I ended up coming up against a lot of Imperials that had ATSTs, and I didn't <laughs> have a lot of impact to do anything against it, and it was... 
Yeah, one of those things. Well, it's one of those things, man. I mean, we've seen it in Bolt Action. We've seen it in Age of Sigmar. We've seen it in 40K. We've seen it in countless game systems where the Australian meta is just, I mean, it does. It takes a left turn and does its own thing. And, yeah. um, you know, the rest of the world kind of looks at it sideways sometimes and you go, I'm sorry, what? And, um, yeah. yeah, we just do it. I mean, I guess it's the contrarian nature of being an Aussie, um, me being part of that. But it's... Uh, yeah, it's funny that you prepared for one thing and then got something else. Uh, you know, I could make anecdotal stories, but we're talking about your CanCon experience. Um, mm. What, I guess my next question is, how big was the event? Now, you, you say ran into a bunch of Imperial players. Um, how many players was it roughly? Um, because I know the, the, the Legion scene sort of building up from nothing. Um, and what do you think the ratio for Rebels, Imperials was? Uh, I think from memory it was about 10 people. Mm-hmm. And I think there might have only been two or three rebels. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. A lot of Imperials. Um, and, and to be honest, and look, I played uh, war games for a long time mm-hmm. and I haven't played, you know, granted, I haven't played a ton of uh, uh, Legion, but mm-hmm. my gut and my feeling from some of the games that I played and, and what I was seeing was there's a, a maybe a bit of a power disparity between Imperials and Rebels at the moment. Oh, are they? And okay. Cer- and certainly the Imperials probably have a better or a better core unit in Stormtroopers compared to Rebel Troopers mm-hmm. um, in terms of their versatility. And and I tell you, you know, you could say putting in cover, but white dice saves are not as good as red dice saves. Yeah. Um, uh, so... I think just some of the uh, some of the toys uh, for Imperials just seem to give them the slight edge at the moment. So now, with uh, the release of some of the new commanders, um, with Sabine coming down the pipe, with Jin, um, I guess she counts as a commander. But the Pathfinders, I mean, commandos are now coming into their own. We now have the big laser. Uh, I mean, there's just been a ton of stuff out this year. The Wookiees, obviously. Um, I guess the Wookiees were end of last... Because if you took them to CanCon, they would have been um, yeah, prior sure. to CanCon. Uh, do oh, you I, think I, that that has shifted some, having been playing and played in another re- uh, local event recently? I, I so, Yeah, so I, I think the, the event that I played last week, which was Ty's one in Ringwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jin and the Pathfinders literally had only just come out. Mm-hmm. Also, CanCon, uh, that weekend is when the uh, Rebel co- uh, the Commander's box set comes, came out, the generic right. Commanders for both Rebels and mm-hmm. Imperials. Specialist, yeah. So, the Specialist, that's the one. Uh, so, none of those were present at CanCon. I think Jin and the Pathfinders will do a lot of interesting things for Rebels oh, yeah. and playstyles. Um, but once again, I, I would argue that the Imperials got a better generic command card in that aim one uh, that will fit will instantly go in any Imperialist and, and you know stacking uh, aim tokens on units to get rerolls to get rerolls to get all these crits through and cover doesn't matter so much then when you're rolling crits and mm-hmm. and do- same as dodge tokens so you know some of the strengths of Rebel Troopers with Nimble, if you're rolling crits, well, you can't spend those dodge tokens. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah. 
But I guess so, when, I think, so you yeah. felt like there was a power disparity. Did that keep you from enjoying your time at CanCon? No, and that's that was one of the things that I was very, very impressed with was cool. the games that I played, I felt like, you know, I, look, I lost every game, um, but some of them were, were close, mm-hmm. but I never felt like I was out of the game. I played games of 40K and Warhammer Fantasy back in the day that you get blasted off the table in the first oh, yeah. or second turn and, and it's done. Um, that was one of the things I must say I was have been impressed with Legion is I, I was only one game where it was pretty brutal, pretty obvious by sort of midway through the game, but didn't stop me enjoying um, enjoying myself. So nice. so I think that's a testament to the game creation that it does flow backwards and forwards quite easily. It does. And the mechanics, and I know we've talked about this before, but the mechanics are very bolt action, sort of heavy um, with pulling tokens for units um, and just the cinematics of the game, grabbing objectives, um, cover being really important, firepower being um, an important aspect of the game. I I, I just, I feel like there's a lot of analogs between the two. And I know it's been said on other podcasts, um, but I think that um, bolt action is, I mean, it's a great game system. I love it. You love it. We both love it. Um, but I think that it's taken some of the best parts of bolt action and combined it with some really interesting, um, aspects from other games, um, in a really kind of neat, I don't want to say completely streamlined package. It sounds like some things are still being worked out over time, but man, they're doing, I mean, they did say they were going to update the rules over time and they've been doing it. So, um, the promises that FFG sort of laid out at the beginning i think they're they're doing a pretty good job of holding up to that um given you know how much i mean it's, we're into over a year now and we've got a ton of units finally um and lots and lots of different updated rules um things have been faq'd and they're looking at the community and they're engaging with the community i think it's just a really interesting and exciting time yeah no absolutely and and as the time goes on, more units get added, more depth. It's uh, I, I think some of the uh, releases that have been mentioned is is very very interesting. We'll add a, a lot of exciting things to the game as well. So yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, well, I'm really excited by um, the Impact X website. Speaking of releases and things mm. that are coming out for the game, I think it was that uh, that really. I mean, albeit the the specialist box. Really kind of got my juices flowing um, because you can take generic characters and you can just take those basic rebel squads or stormtrooper squads and you can add guys to them like medics or astromech droids that really do change the way those squads work. And now you have enough upgrade cards that you can give those squads character, which before I was like, they're just all the same. Um, But now you can actually, you know, have a particular squad that might be good, um, you know, climbing things and throwing grenades. Now, those are terrible examples because those were car- those were cards that were out to start with. But now there's enough upgrade cards that you can actually sort of theme and tailor a list. You, you can have a lot of environmental um, gear cards to make units ignore the, Im- the, the effects of certain types of cover. Uh, and there's just, you know, you can actually start doing really cool theme Star Wars armies now. Um, in fact, yes. in the, in an upcoming episode, I'm going to go on a little bit of a deep dive about uh, a project I've been working on, which is a Minbin 
uh, Mud Stormtrooper Army, um, where I got all the bits and pieces to put it together, and how I'm going to put that on the tabletop. And uh, our old buddy Drew's going to come on, and he's going to talk about his, imp- uh, sorry, his Rebel Hoth Army uh, for the Battle of Hoth, and how mm. he's been converting the models, and how he's planning to use the rules um, to represent that on the tabletop. And I think, I think we're finally at that point in the game where it's not just you're playing rebels, I'm playing Imperials, our armies are the same. Um, yeah. And like you can actually get, because I mean, you talked about magma troopers the last time we were really getting into Legion. And now I think we can actually do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and look, you know, they've announced uh, Clone Wars. So there'll be mm-hmm. a, a clone faction and a, uh, a trade federation and droids. Mm-hmm. So I think that depth and that extra variety and some different play styles will be very healthy for the game. Definitely, definitely. All right, well, talk to us about um, CanCon. How many games did you play? Um, and I don't know if we need to get into the nitty-gritty, given that it's months past, but... Mm. Um, what were some of your big takeaways uh, from the event besides the fact that you built uh, you built something to face one kind of army and you faced another? Uh, that Canberra in 39 degree heat in a tin shed is really, really difficult to game in. Yeah. That's one of the big takes, takeaways. Now, one of the days in particular was brutal. It was hot, stormy, humid, and in that tin shed, which you, I know, been in as yourself, Brad, mm-hmm. it was difficult, <laughs> fair to say. Yeah, man, it's um, it's just a giant metal convention hall that is a glorified tin shed, and when it's literally like 100 degrees Fahrenheit uh, slash 39 degrees Celsius, and you are surrounded by big dudes with, you know, about half of whom, or maybe a th- yeah, we'll, we'll be nice and we'll say a tenth of whom forgot to put on deodorant. It it gets intense really fast. There's there's also yeah. a lot of big dudes who tend to put on tank tops and sometimes have an unfortunate amount of body hair. There's there's just a lot of body hair on display in that in that hall, and it's yeah, I do kind of miss it, but you know. I don't know if I missed it that much. Um, all right. So how many games was it? Was It, it was a two-day event, yeah? Yes, it was a two-day event. It oh, cool. um, was three games on the first day, then two on the second, and then the cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three games of Legion in the day was uh, was really quite easy to play. Um, nice. I, I know uh, there's been some other events around the place where they played four games in the day and then done a top cut and... I think that's just fun. I'm getting too old for that. That's just brutal. So <laughs> yes, right? ha- having two days of rounds in a cut was much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so 800 points, it's standard 800 points mm-hmm. uh, list building. So I played I played one Rebel and four Imperials. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all very, very good opponents. A couple of people from Victoria. The rest were from New South Wales, I believe. Oh, nice. I didn't so, realize more Victorians went up than you. Yeah, there was uh, my first round opponent, and I'm, I'm terrible with names, and I forgot his name, but he was from Victoria. Nice. Um, and I think there was one other, but they played in the western suburbs, if I remember correctly. Hmm. Um, but, uh, look, some of the hobby, though, was unbelievable. Some of the, the paint jobs uh, were just incredible. So there's certainly some excellent hobbyists getting involved into Legion and, and painting things to a very, very high standard. So 
Cool. Were there themed armies, or were they just sort of really good examples of painting of maybe the, the paint schemes we've seen before? No, most of what we've seen before, white stormtroopers, mm -hmm. great um, ATSTs. So, uh, look, the armies were fairly indicative of sort of what was out more recently. So lots of bikes, ATSTs, lots of stormtroopers, lots of snipers, really. Mm -hmm. um, was a good number. There was a couple of Royal Guard rep representing and a couple mm -hmm. of pelts. But cool. the one that I surprised, I didn't. From memory, I, there might have only been one or two, but not a lot of Vaders, not a lot of... Uh, I played a loot, but that was, I think, one of the only loots as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, from memory. Now, I could yeah. be quite wrong on that, but that was from memory of what I remember seeing. Now, Luke is rumored to be, or is, has been openly discussed as being the best commander in the game, um, mm. you know, depending on what you want. But as far as, you know, if you want the, the choppy commander, he's the one you want. Um, it's funny that there was only one of him. Mm. It's that Son of Skywalker command card, being able to activate, hopefully last with him, mm -hmm. go in, chop people up, get a having as a one pip activate, activation and getting potentially three chops in uh, in over two turns kills Vader. And I did that on Saturday when I played a game on uh, Saturday at the other event at Ringwood. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I've definitely been the victim of that many times. <laughs> but that's when you usually uh, counter with Vader's Master of Evil and say, hey, everyone, suppression tokens. He's, he turns yeah. into Oprah. You get suppression, you get suppression, everyone <laughs> yeah. gets suppression. Yeah, um, which right. is, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, all right. So what were some of your takeaways from the event? I mean, talk to us about Legion as a, as a whole, because I just haven't, I've been playing some um, off, you know, side games of late. Um, and I've got a couple lined up for the next couple of weeks. But, uh, I mean, what if, if, if people took a look at Legion when it came out? And they really, I know a lot of people who listen to this did. And I know a lot of people of those people are familiar with the game system or mechanics of like bolt action or other things. And they kind of said, uh, it isn't, the game isn't where I, I want to be. Um, and it sort of pushed it aside. Is it worth going back? Are you excited about this game? Is it something you're going to do more of? Or is it something that, you know, you might want to, you know, put it back on the back burner? What, what are your feelings? No, I think I'll definitely continue to play it. Um, I'll probably sort of take a step back now with things like Bolt Action coming up. And um, there's a couple other events for some other systems um, that I want to have a go at. So, mm -hmm. but certainly I'm going to keep the toe in it. Um, Overall, I'm pretty. It's a, I'm, there's only a few things that are uh, troublesome in my mind. Mm -hmm. The amount of tokens does I find get a bit tiresome mm -hmm. and clutters the table quite a lot. But I mean, mm -hmm. that's fantasy flight for us. They they love some cardboard. What do you mean? Um, so playing sort of a number of games and the amount of tokens and wounds and suppression and all these things that are on the table. Um, does sort of take away a bit for me from the game. It mm -hmm. seems a bit cluttered. So, so there, there's that. But is that a deal breaker? No. It's just more my what I want to see aesthetically when I'm playing a game. Yeah. Um, and there are a couple of little rules that they just don't feel right. Mm -hmm. For example, being able to move through enemy units with your infantry. Oh, interesting. I always forget that because I've been playing other games for so long. Yeah, and sort of like you, you can't scream things mm -hmm. like uh, so that just I've, I've completely forgot about in one game and he says that I'm going to move through here and 
every other war game they've ever played, like you can't move within one inch of an enemy or something to that to that extent. Mm-hmm. Being able to freely does make sense. And it was a bit funny as well because it was um, uh, the, the game was uh, Royal Guard charging layer mm-hmm. through Imperial um, Rebel Troopers. So it's sort of like, there you go, boys, have had that. Like, you know, it just didn't make much sense yeah. thematically these troopers just letting other troopers walk right past to attack their commander. So um, that's okay. Once you sort of get some of those clarity on some of those bits and pieces, you yeah. just you, you play knowing that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's always a couple of those rules that um, you do once or twice and go, oh, yeah, that, that, that leads to some feel-badsies. That was not what I yeah. expected. But it, as you say, once you're aware of them, you don't let that happen to you again. It's part of learning the game. And, and the other thing, um, and we had this discussion came up on, the, on at past Saturday at, uh, at the Legion Games Day, that what I am very confident in uh, compared to some other games companies is Fantasy Flight's willingness to update, change, and respond to player feedback. Totally. And and they have that mechanism with the rules reference just downloading it that if something wasn't quite working, well, they can update a rules reference and now it's, it plays in a whole new way. Um, yeah. Or, you know, some of the terrain rules are fiddly and tricky and mm-hmm. uh, take a bit to get your mind around. You know, if they come up with simple, elegant solutions, well, it's very easy for them to change that. Exactly. And we're already seeing them do that with the... Correct. They had the thing with no overhang which means you're, if you have like a giant base, like on the speeder, for example, or an ATST or an ATRT even, um, the base couldn't overhang like the edge of a hill. Well, if you're playing on a lot of the hills that we often see in events that, you know, are a little on the squared edge, um, you know, some of those old generic war game terrain pieces that, you know, live in game stores that we playing um it can it can look really weird that oh no i i can't move my vehicle here um because it will overhang like a millimeter on this massive base which i understand it it you look at it you go that that doesn't work why why um and you know you understand why fantasy flight did that but they recently got rid of that rule because players just said no this is ridiculous what are you doing this is actually and it's actually hurting units like um the land speeder now, I listen to a lot of Legion podcasts, a lot of them. I'm a big fan of quite a few of them. Uh, Legion Outriders, of course, is the old school one that I am a huge fan of. Um, yes. Listen to every episode. Love those guys. And they and others have talked about the Landspeeder just being the only unit in the game that isn't quote-unquote um, efficient. Uh, it's one of those things that in some game systems you see the efficiency unit, the, the, the great units, the units you have to use every time, the must-includes, the must-haves if you're playing competitively. Um, but a lot of the people have been doing the hardcore analytic maths, you know, doing the, the probability and really figuring things out and then comparing it value to, to, to price um, point-wise. And it, I mean, it comes down to, I think, a lot of X, X-Wing players and people who love Excel sheets loving this game. And I just feel like saying, like, I'm Han Solo. Never tell me the odds. Like, just don't tell me. I don't want to know. Um, but what the, all that hardcore analysis basically comes down to is um, it's all good. Like, everything in the game, if you don't have one thing that is better than everything else. Um, now, there are some things that are, quote-unquote, better. And as you say, certain things work better. Um, you know, and, but as FFG gets the feedback, they're changing that. And the land speeder was the one thing that everyone said, uh, 
can't you know it sucks don't run it it's terrible but they've been slowly but surely uh improving it with upgrade cards that are coming out and with uh rules faqs like that overhang rule and i just think that's really exciting that they they created a game that is largely quote unquote balanced um which you know as as a gamer i, I like that yeah, yes, yeah, so uh, and certainly from a rules management point of view, they're they're very good at, at addressing that. Mm. The the other the only thing when you were saying is about how do I feel about the game? The only other thing that uh, I think uh, is a danger for the game is their, their ability to maintain interest. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight has sort of been very up and down in the re- the time between providing information, getting releases out on time mm-hmm. those type of things i think is a real danger for people who might get really interested and then go well you know i don't know when my next thing for my army is coming out or mm-hmm. we haven't you know i'd hate to be a star wars armada player because it was almost 18 months between getting information um for that stuff that's sort yeah. of been one of the i think the date will be the dangers for this for this game um or for all their games, to be honest, but for Legion in particular. Now, we've been flush with info and, and talk about releases at the moment, which has been great, but, you know, I don't... Do I necessarily want to know about a release that's eight months from now, most likely ten months by the time I get it in my hand? Um, because that's the turnaround from when they do a, a preview article compared when it gets gets released to it. So I'm just yeah. still not sure on that. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, yeah. the big the big cash cows for FFG traditionally, besides all the board games. Um, I mean, Keyforge has been doing really well, but I would say, I mean, X Wing, of course, is the game that has been making FFG tons of money over the years. I mean, that's just a proven fact. Um, and their releases tend to be fairly tight, but I mean, because because there has been, you know. They've had problems in the past with early X-Wing, with you know a lot of the games they've done, especially games like Armada, um, or games that haven't panned out, like Rune Wars, um, that they, you know, they taper off on them, or they just drop them all together. They're a business. Um, and this Star Wars license, man, it's expensive. So I get why Armada was sort of pushed to the wayside in favor of Legion. Um, and, you know, as much as I love playing Armada, and I absolutely loved playing that game, I had a lot of it, enjoyed it, I prefer to play Legion. Um, yeah. And look, I think it's also, Fantasy Flight has a large number of games in their stable. They do. And, I mean, you look at Games Workshop, they've got two major games, so it's much easier for them to focus mm-hmm. on that. So, I think, they, you know, it could be something said for that, that, you know, look, I don't have any insight knowledge into Fantasy Flight, but mm-hmm. it just seems like as a business, they're spread pretty thin. And yeah. that is a danger to, to communities that grow around those games. I play Star Wars Destiny as well. I, I, I love mm-hmm. It combines two things I've always liked, cards and dice into one game. So mm-hmm. And um, Star Wars. And Star Wars, of course. And um, so that's been very up and down. You know, people were... There was no news for a while. The game's dead, and all you have all these people saying the game's dead, it's all done with. And but then some articles come back, and it's just sort of this up and down roller coaster nature of mm-hmm. of the community um, having stuff and then not having stuff. So yeah. So I'm just I'm worried for that for Legion that you know as as the game goes on, 
that that is a real danger, I think, for them maintaining interest within the community. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, I think it's interesting. Um, I think it's great that they are making, and I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think mm. that Legion's not doesn't have the potential to do that for quite a while, given no. how popular it is. I mean, <laughs> X-Wing, just look at it, keep going. Mm. Um, I think it was also very interesting is how many game systems have sort of evolved um, around the, the Star Wars Legion models. So uh, 7TV is a game that I absolutely love. And it's a game, it's a game system, if you don't know, that it's, it's a skirmish-based game. Um, that is very clever and that it lets you recreate your favorite television shows from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 60s, whatever, um, including things like James Bond, Scooby-Doo, Ghostbusters. I mean, these are the things that they actually have legit rules for and licenses for and everything else, and that you can have, you know, what if Scooby-Doo... I guess they don't have the license. They're just very clever, tongue-in-cheek. But what if Doctor Who ran into Scooby-Doo and, you know, all of a sudden the Cobras from G.I. Joe showed up? Like, that is actually a very realistic occurrence in that game. But one of the big expansions for that game that you can get is Star Wars. So you can get a... And if you look at the units that are available today for Star Wars Legion... Just about every single one of them is easily accommodated for in that rule set. So yes, I'm looking absolutely. at my Legion models going, I'm going to play some 7 TV. It's going to be great. Um, but also people have been re writing really intricate rules for um, Star Wars Legion uh, uh, chain of command. Um, you know, I know our good Ben, our good friend Jeremy Sadler has been working on those, and um, there's also a group that's been developing a f well, quote unquote official, unofficial, um, but full set of rules for Star Wars Legion bolt action, um, mm -hmm. and it's just really exciting to see the models being used in other game systems. So if heaven forbid, FFG decides to do you know, decides that it isn't making them the money that they needed to, um, which I hope doesn't happen. Um, I think there are still plenty of opportunities to use those models in other very cool ways. Oh, yeah, and that's certainly always been in the back of my mind that oh, I would be very keen to throw some Star Wars dice in the 7TV, which mm -hmm. just as a quick side place is had being, being a child of the pop culture generation, that is the, in my mind, the ultimate wargaming set because literally right. you can do anything. Yeah, it is so like good. the, yeah, it's like the pop culture generation wargame. Yeah, mm -hmm. So, but but yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I'd be very keen to certainly those Star Wars models I've invested in, regardless mm -hmm. whether I continue into the long term play Legion or not, I will find use for them. And the fact that they're the Star Wars models, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think one of the other things, and I was talking about things that I found really exciting recently, um, was I found the Legion X webpage. And the Legion mm. X webpage is fantastic. They do a lot of unit analysis um, and all sorts of mathy things that I tend to eyes glaze over ignore, um, which you know clearly makes me a competitive player. However, um, he says massively sarcastically, um, they have campaign rules, like really fun campaign rules if you want to develop uh, specific units or characters over time and have them advance 
Um, it's 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 not for competitive play so much as good fun narrative play. If you want to run an event, if you want to run a league over time, really cool effective rules. But as an offshoot of that, there are rules to create characters. So you can make uh, Dengar. You can do um, Dr. Evazans and Panda Baba. I mean, there's just, there's tons. Plus, you can make other units. So, all of a sudden, all the Star Wars units that you've ever wanted to put on the tabletop, but went, they're not in Legion, all of a sudden, bam, you can make rules for them. You can make Jedi, you can make uh, scum mercenaries, you can make generic commanders. I mean, there's all, you can make the Saul Guerrero model. I mean, there's just so many different. Char- you know, personalities or you know, characters from the movies or the TV shows or the books or the comic books that you can all of a sudden insert into your games and go, hell yeah, look at me, I'm playing some Star Wars. Um, yeah, that's right. And now that Shapeways and we have like Skull Forged miniatures, Mel's miniatures, uh, Buckethead miniatures, uh, I think it's Buckethead miniatures, Buckethead designs. Um, those three online stores through Shapeways, let alone the countless people who are making things on Thingiverse, have models for tons of characters. Uh, I have a bunch of them mercenaries. So I have Forlom, uh, Dengar. I have I have an early Bosk. Uh, there's multiple. If you don't like the FFG Boba Fett, you can get different Mandalorians. I mean, you name it, man, it's in there. You can get Saul Guerrero. You just go looking for these things, and the models exist. And it's really you can get you know young Han Solo, and it's just really cool that all of a sudden the sandbox is open, not just the narrow little corner that was there a year ago. If that makes sense. Yeah, and funny you say that sandbox. If I was wishlisting for for leading something, I think would greatly improve the the world of Star Wars Legion mm-hmm. and the experience. Is I do think they need to uh, fans might need to consider how they would do a scum faction. Yeah. So how would you do that? You know the other parts of the galaxy. You know, I personally I'd love to have a force based around Jabba the Hutt. He had a yeah. he basically had an army. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of in terms of if you look at the scale of what we're playing at uh, Star Wars Legion, so having some desert skiffs and some Gamorrean guards and weakways and all that would be just unreal. It would. And if you actually look at, and I'm just going to start spitballing here, so excuse me, but if you look on Thingiverse, there are, you can get the the skiffs already. Those mm. models exist. You can order them um, through people who uh, 3D print if you don't have a 3D printer yourself. So that's awesome. They, are, they look fantastic. And yep. you can get... Gamorian heads to add on to your models um, through oh, uh, Gadzook Games. Um, yep. And so they, you can actually start doing that. And there are so many bits and pieces that you could actually, using the existing rules, you could probably make a scum faction out of Rebels at the moment. Um, well, yes. Yeah, you, right? cer- you, certainly, you certainly could, but it would just be nice to have a... It would. It would. With that type of play style and, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but again, if you wanted to start throwing in some of the Impact X um, customized characters and units, I think there's absolutely room for that. 
Because um, yeah. I, as I said, I have that full unit of mercenaries from Empire Strikes Back that I'm going to be putting on the tabletop. And I haven't quite figured out what I'm going to use them as because they, they're not stormtroopers. They don't have heavy armor. So I'm probably yeah. going to use them as Imperial Scouts and then give them some upgrade cards to, you know, to make them fun on the tabletop and see what happens. I just want to put yeah. them down. The what if yeah, scenario. Yeah. What if Vader's bodyguards came down with him and were hunting down Han Solo, Luke, and, you know, all of the, the main characters? Um, that's my army. Boom. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I think that's uh, certainly leaning uh, Legion's favor is with the releases, the ability to potentially do very strong theme armies. So Absolutely. Re Rebels, for example, you've got Tontons coming, you've mm -hmm. got the Hoth veterans, which are a... Uh, a core choice. Mm -hmm. You got the laser cannon. You know, so you could actually start really theming um, uh, a force of, around a particular battle much, much better. So, yeah, absolutely. Especially yeah. now. I mean, we you could always do sort of winter imperials, but yeah. um, you know, hopefully with the leak of the Tauntauns and the Hoth troopers that the flip Imperial side of that, there's been a lot of speculation of what it could be. Is it Sand Troopers and Dubaks? Um, is it Shore Troopers? Is it something else? Man, it, whatever it is, it's going to open up a whole new army. Because if you mm. get another troop type, it's not going to be Stormtroopers. Maybe it's just basic, uh, maybe it's Mud Troopers, maybe it's basic Imperial Infantry. I personally think it's, it's uh, Sand Troopers and Dubaks. But it would be awesome. I mean, if you could just all of a sudden, another core choice would open up army design big time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Right on. Yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm just really excited. And I think one of the other things we talked about before was the opportunity for really cool 3D printed terrain or just terrain in general. And these days, there's so many good companies that are making great terrain. Um, earlier this year, I got a wrecked ATS, sorry, AT ATAT, ATAT, um, mm. from, oh God, why can't I think of the name of them right now? Legion Terrain, I believe is their name. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And God, it is such, a, they're great models. My one thing is guys, if you're ordering them buy the pre-painted, I ordered it and I've been looking at it going, I want to, I really want to play with this. It's not painted. And it's, it was just, it was a negligible fee to have it painted. Should have done it. Just saying. But, um, yeah, I cannot wait to put that down. Just adding little bits and pieces. Um, the Battlefield in a Box range has been doing great theme terrain for a long time for Legion. So um, you can get, you know, the Tatooine huts. Some people say they're a little small. I mean, they're actually... You know, maybe a little small, but not ridiculously so. Um, but I've got a bunch of the walls for that, and they're great. They fit right in with my existing desert terrain and really Star Wars it up. They do um, sort of storage, Star Wars-style storage crates with um, gray grating that you might see in the floor of, you know, the Death Star or in a landing hangar in, you know, Star Wars land. And bam. It's already pre-painted. You open the box, you put it down, you're ready to rock and roll. It's, it's great. And just to have those, those third-party terrain pieces ready to go these days and the countless files on Thingiverse, for example, I mean, it just makes... You can really have some awesome Star Wars games really easily now 
Um, whereas when the game came out, you know, we were kind of scrounging and all sort of looking at the same things. Now there's more things than you can almost look at in a given day. So now you played in an event this last weekend and it was a Melbourne event. And I know it was more of a theme day, come out and play some games rather than organized event. Um, what kind of, I, tell us about it, man. What'd you, would you play? Who'd you play? What kind of thing was it? Was it good? So yeah, it was a great day. Um, it was at, uh, the Ringwood RSL. So Ringwood is a suburb in the Eastern suburbs of mm-hmm. Melbourne. Um, and yes, it wasn't a tournament. It was a just a let's all get excuse to come together and play games. And it was organised by uh, Ty from Tor mm-hmm. Gaming. Um, and uh, it was yeah, it was a great day. I uh, I was introduced to another old acquaintance of ours, Ben Clark, to Legion, and he played some games and. Danny. Some of my uh, 40K mates who are friends with Ty as well came along and gave Legion a go, and mm-hmm. they, they thought the game was interesting. So uh, it was quite different to what they were used to. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, we had about 10 people, I think, give or take. Um, uh, yeah, I, I had, a, had a great couple of games, and it was, look, I'll be honest, there was, uh, there was a bar that was open, so I had some drinks as well. So it's... Uh, it was actually just really good fun to play some games, talk some Star Wars, and and uh, roll some dice. Nice. So you played uh, Rebels again, clearly. So yep. what kind of things did you put in your list this time? What did you learn from CanCon, and what did you change, or what did you want to try that was new? I, I wanted to try Luke. So mm-hmm. I dropped... Uh, what do I have to drop in here? Han and Leia. Mm-hmm. And got, got me Luke. Uh no, I took Leia. No, actually, I still took. I actually didn't learn. I dropped Han and, and rejigged some of the units, what they were carrying, and I got Luke, Leia, and Chewie. Nice. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Luke was a bit of a beast, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, yeah, absolute. Luke's just unreal. Um, but so, yeah, it was. Uh, that's what I tried. Um, I won. <laughs> I won that game against uh, an Imperial player that mm-hmm. was smashing around Darth Vader and some uh, snow troopers and a range of bits and pieces. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, funnily enough, my, he didn't have any of the armor, so he had no bikes and he had no ATST. So, the list was more suited towards tackling a more infantry-focused army. So, they came up all right in the end. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you were able to actually get a game in with your army, uh, you know, against the opponent that you were hoping for. But that's cool, man. Uh, so again, though, when you were playing that game, did you feel like, um, you know, your your opponent was in it the whole time, or did you just curb stomp him? No, I thought I was done for, to be honest. So it nice. just goes to show that, uh, like anything in these games, play the mission and it comes good in the end. So yeah. it's one of the ones. Uh, you got to hold the objectives. So in the end, I just held more more objectives. But I was right on the ropes. So there wasn't a lot of rebels left to hold those objectives. Let me tell you. Yeah, man. Oh, I just I love how they're putting out um, more missions, and I love the way. And I I know I haven't been playing a ton, but one of the things that really sticks out in every game that I play of Legion is that bidding for the mission and the objectives. Um, yeah. And just that mind game. It's like the game within the game. Um, yeah, it's really cool. That turn zero. As a lot yeah. of people call it. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, and it's just that, you know, when you've built your army around a particular theme or you look at the table and you think, God, I really don't want to face this or I really do want to do this, um, it really helps you to, you know, tactically dig yourself out of a hole or try and put your opponent in a hole before the game actually starts. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right on. Well, all right. Um, Mark, I hate to say it. I think our time is sadly coming to a close, but I know you wanted to talk about Anzac Cup. Yeah, I just wanted to let everyone know that, you know, we want to try to people uh, building and going to events. So probably the next Legion event, uh, if people can try to support with the Anzac Cup, which is running in Canberra, um, that's run by the ADF Wargaming Association. So Ty Cassidy's uh, and the Australian Defence Force, they, they run that event. So that's mm-hmm. on the 6th and 7th of April, nice. and uh, if people want to find tickets, probably either on Facebook, just search Anzac Cup 2019, or they could go to the ADF Wargaming Association website, I suppose, which is www.adfwga.com. Nice. Yeah. And if you're in Melbourne and you can't make it to Canberra that particular weekend, um, I believe on October 6th, sorry, April 6th, uh, there will be some Warlords of Erewhon played here in Melbourne at Good Games run by yours truly. That's why I know it's not just I believe, it is. So um, if you would like more information on that, look up Book of Grudges 2019 on Facebook and you should be able to find it. Um, and that's just going to be a small, fun day of playing Warlords of Erewhon. Um, I don't think there's going to be trophies or any malarkey like that. It's just going to be getting together with some friends, rolling some dice, and trying out a new game system. So, yeah, good times. Well, Mark, as always, man, thank you so much for coming on. I know I know when we tackle Legion sometimes, it's because it's been so long and so far between, it sometimes feels a little generalized. But I absolutely uh, I think there's just a lot to really dig into with this game, and I'm looking forward to playing more games and talking more Legion with you and others on episodes soon. Lovely. No, more than happy to come on whenever you need to. Absolutely, and let's play more Legion, you and me, man. Yeah. Let's play some Legion. Let's play some Bolt Action. Let's play some Comfort Force. There's just so many good games to play. Yeah, absolutely. And Fallout is another one I'm very interested oh, in God, as well. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, yes. I was talking with our good man Byron, our Canadian friend, the other day. And, uh, yeah, man, that is definitely a game that we need to get uh, up in us and uh, playing some games because uh, we have the models, we have the friends, we have the time, we have the place. I guess we'll, the, the one thing we don't have is the time, but we'll make yeah. it. We'll make the time. That's right. Right on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you can tell, there is just there are too many good games to play out there. But no matter what game you are playing, uh, as long as you are out there and you are playing it, I hope your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages remain cold. But more than that, I hope you're having fun more than anything else and that you are well. This is Cast Dice saying good night. <laughs>